Hey guys, just a heads up. As you know, Brad and I don't normally refer to our own business. However, uh, being in the podcast, we felt it might be a good opportunity to put the feelers out there as we're looking to expand our business. Um, We're looking for an experienced Bridgie who's enthusiastic, passionate about the trade and have exceptional diagnostic skills and workmanship. So if you reckon you tick the boxes and looking for an opportunity, we'd love to, for you to get in touch with us. Just go to the show notes of this episode, episode 21, and you'll find our email address uh, to contact us at the bottom. Thanks, guys. Now let's get on with the show. Are you looking for a resource to discuss all topics air conditioning? Well, you're in the right space. Join the Rawson boys as they discuss the hot topics and the cold hard facts. This is the Air Conditioning Podcast. G'day guys and welcome to another episode of the Air Conditioning Podcast. We discuss all things air conditioning, the hot topics and the cold hard facts. Brad, it's nice yeah. to see you again. Here we are, again. Back in the hot seat. Back in the hot seat. Yeah. yeah. It's been uh, fair. Well, it's getting warm, but the seat's getting warmer. It is. Yeah. Yeah, we're it's getting this week. a few more sunny days and uh, nice. Yeah. nice on the weekend. Oh, it's beautiful. I was down yeah. at Stansbury. Oh, last weekend. Nice. That was, that's nice. Those are those in the backyard. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's not very exciting. No, not very exciting. We went down to Stansbury uh, on the uh, York Peninsula. Yep. And drank copious amounts of beer. Beautiful. Wine and oh. spirits. And, and back to beer again. And back to beer. Fair so, enough. So uh, it was uh, good times to be had. Went down there with the family. It was lovely. Beautiful. And the crows have had back to back wins. Back to back wins. We're on top of the world. You wouldn't want to yeah. on top of the world. We're ladder, back. Yeah, you wouldn't really read about that. That was a little illegal. Um, exactly. But, um, all right, so look, guys, we've, we won't do the COVID thing today. We're, no, we're going to have our COVID one. We're over it. Uh, we're moving on. Yeah. And uh, we are going to introduce our guests today. So we've got, from Temper Zone, we have Ryan Weejayasakara. I think I've got that right. Yeah, and Jamie that. Davies. How do I go? How do I pronounce that one, mate? Right. I'll have to give you about an eight for that one. So um, I'll take it. Done. Uh, Vijay Sekera, that is as good as it gets, mate. Yeah. Beautiful. Well done. Now, now I know is that's say your name. That's good. As it, sound, as it sounds on the tin, right? <laughs> as it sounds on the tin, mate. My kids went to the one school for bloody a long time, and even at their last year's presentation, they got it wrong. So uh, <laughs> no amount of practice helps with that one. All right. Well, I'll take an eight. Cool. <laughs> And uh, guys, thanks for coming on today. We really appreciate your, uh, yeah, your time. Thanks for um, But uh, for those that aren't perhaps familiar with Temper Zone's brand, um, can you tell us a bit more about it and, uh, and Hitachi? Yeah, can do, mate. Um, uh, look, Temper Zone um, is a family, uh, family-owned business and uh, it was founded by Eric Kendall, um, a New Zealander um, in 1956. So that's about 64 years ago. Um, and um, basically just, you know, started a little assembly factory um, in Auckland and um, it's grown and grown over the last 64 years right now. You've got um, a factory in New Zealand that's about 30,000 square metres under the one roof. Um, then they purchased another factory in Sydney um, that's about 22,000 square metres, employing about 600 people uh, across the group, Australia and New Zealand. Um, uh, in Australia, we employ about 250 people um, and we've got branches all around Australia, uh, Sydney, Melbourne, Brisbane, Adelaide. Um, we've got distributors in Perth, um, uh, Townsville, and we also are represented across um, Southeast Asia as well. We've even got an office in China, if they allow us to stay. So hopefully. Mm, there you go. Okay. Yeah. So is Adelaide your main uh, your headquarters for Australia? Uh, no, no, no. Um, our Australian headquarters is in Sydney, in Sydney um, yeah. where our factory is in, uh, yeah. in Blacktown. Oh, fair enough. Very and you good. guys look after commercial and residential, correct? Uh, yeah, essentially um, uh, we do. Um, yeah, uh, I mean, Temperzone is, is very much a, yeah, um, recognised as, as more of a commercial brand. Um, uh, and, you know, we're very strong, always have been. It's, it's where we, it's, 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 uh, it's where we, where we started. Um, having said that, there's a lot of Tempazone equipment in uh, in residential, um, uh, uh, you know, in residential applications. But really, uh, we are the distributor for Hitachi Air Conditioning, and that's really you know where that residential side of the business comes into it. Mm. And the merge between uh, Tempazone and Hitachi, how, when did that happen? 
And, and how did it come about? Uh, yeah, so um, uh, basically, look, uh, what, what happened was um, um, uh, about 2007, 2008, I think, um, uh, uh, we actually approached Hitachi because I'm not sure if you know this, but Hitachi are one of the leading compressor manufacturers uh, in the world. Um, and uh, every Hitachi air conditioner has a Hitachi compressor in it. And um, we approached them to actually buy their compressors for our OEM use, um, mainly our mid-range 25, 30 you know, uh, kilowatt machines. Um, and they didn't know who we were. So um, they were going, who is this Tempozone wanting to buy our compressors? So they were doing you know, their due diligence on our, uh, on our business to you know, uh, making sure that whoever they're gonna sell their compressors to is uh, you know, uh, doing essentially. But um, yeah, what, what happened was um, uh, whilst they were doing that, they also in the background were looking to change the way they operated in Australia. They, like a lot of the Japanese um, uh, manufacturers, air conditioning manufacturers, they basically you know, had a, a, a Japanese owned and run uh, branch um, in Australia. And uh, just looking to, to, to change that around. And uh, they were looking for a distributor, which is very different to the way the Hitachi system works, where um, uh, sales and distribution is all linked to each local factory. So, you know, in Barcelona, you know, that factory looks after all of Europe, um, uh, you know, same with Japan and um, Brazil and places like that in, and, and Asia. So, um, yeah, they just um, uh, uh, were thinking about a change and Australia, kind of not a big you know population not a big market so you know they thought may you know they felt that we would really fit what they were looking for as a distributor for their product um outside their regular um structure so they actually then came to us and said look no worries with the compressors we can help you with that so that deal was done but you know more than that would you be interested in becoming the distributor for hitachi um in australia new zealand and south pacific as well um, and you don't say no to a brand like uh, that. No, definitely not. That's for sure. That's yeah. yeah. win for all, isn't it? Yeah, so in 2009, we signed the agreement that we will be their distributor. Um, and interestingly enough, in 2015, um, Johnson Controls, a large American um, uh, controls um, manufacturer, and all, you know, they, they're involved in various other businesses. Um, they actually um, uh, amalgamated with Hitachi um, air conditioning um, because Hitachi's got various divisions. They've got their white goods. They've got their heavy industries, as you know, when you drive around and you see the big, you know, all the, all the big diggers and stuff around the roads. And uh, then there's the electronics side of it. Um, so air conditioning was in there and they literally carved that out and sold um, the majority of that, a 60% share to, um, uh, to Johnson Controls. Uh, which means Johnson Controls um, has 60% uh, in all 16 factories across air conditioning factories across the globe. Um, and they formed what they call JCH, which is Johnson Controls Hitachi. And that's based in Tokyo. Um, and again, um, uh, you know, uh, Johnson Controls had a good look at what we were doing here and uh, very, very excited that, you know, we were uh, the distributor and the, the agreement just continued. We, we, we re-signed with Johnson's. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And Jamie, if I could throw to you, what, what are the, um, the benefits that you've seen since that amalgamation has taken place? Uh, look, it's, it's opened up the industry to us. Um, I guess with Tempozone, we were, we were focusing more on um, uh, split ducted and packaged type equipment, DX air-cooled equipment, um, uh, some chilled water stuff. Um, and uh, some condenser water stuff. And uh, all of a sudden now we, uh, I think we probably were focusing on about 20 to 25% of the market. And then uh, this has probably opened up the market that we play in now in the, in the whole HVAC market to probably around 80 to 85%. Um, and that's been great from a personal perspective, uh, just our skill sets improved dramatically. I mean, one day I could be talking to, or not even a day, one hour I could be talking to somebody about a, I will split through to a VRF system, through to a chiller, through to a, a process calling chiller, back down to a condenser water unit. So your day all of a sudden gets a lot more interesting in that. But uh, also too, we're, uh, you know, our customer base has increased. And it's, yeah, it's, it's been really good, really good professionally and personally. On the Tempozone side, you guys have done some uh, quite large projects in and around, well, on, 
in Adelaide uh, that I know of, but it's obviously around the country as well. Um, can you tell us a bit more about those? Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, large projects in Adelaide. Gosh, um, we were just talking about that earlier, uh, Jamie and I, just reminiscing a little bit. And, um, um, uh, you know, there's a, the Jeps Cross um, uh, uh, shopping centre there. You know, it was probably the first R410A packaged job to go out in Australia. We, we were out of the blocks when it came to um, uh, bringing out R410A refrigerant into the market as the phase down or phase out of R22 refrigerant started. Um, and, uh, you know, as it would happen, you take on probably the big single largest package unit job that was done in Australia really at the time, you know, and, uh, and it was quite a unique job. You know, we had, um, you know, um, economy cycles or factory built, um, uh, you know, it was, uh, it was quite a, you know, you, you drive past the Jeps Cross shopping center and you see, you know, big massive grey boxes up on top of the roof there, every single, you know, units of temper zone and well over a couple of million dollars worth of um, worth of um, package units. I, I quite remember at the time the contractor, um, the owner wanted to sign the order because he'd never signed a two million dollar purchase order before, you know. It was, it was quite interesting and, uh, and then there's been other jobs. I mean, Jamie could probably tell you a little bit about a job. Uh, we've done a lot of mining work, yeah. um, uh, Roy Hill and a couple of others. Yeah, um, I think one of, one of the benefits of working for TempoZone is um, we're, we're not just, as, as silly as it sounds, we're not just moving boxes. We actually have to think about a lot of the application stuff we do every day. And that's probably what makes this job so great, working for TempoZone, is um, when we talk to customers we're, or, you know, our respective clients and whatnot, we're, we're not just saying here's a, here's a 10 kilowatt unit or here's a, here's a 50 kilowatt package unit. We're actually trying to investigate what's going on with the application. So our clients and their clients are getting the, the best solution moving forward. And um, we had a project, um, probably Roy Hill, which really stands out where we were supplying about a hundred um, package units ranging from 96 kilowatts down to about 55. And one of, just, just based on some of our previous experiences, we realized that um, we were gonna have to do something funky with these units because iron ore mines get a lot of iron ore dust and iron ore dust gets attracted to magnetism and stuff like that and electromagnetics. So mm. basically contactors and PC boards could blow up very easily. So um, we come up with a concept of actually uh, taking cool filtered pressurized air from the supply air chamber and venting it into the package uh, unit electrical panel, sealing that up with a little vent at the top and uh, actually pressurizing that with cool air. So no ingress of dust would uh, come in. And uh, to this date we're, we're, yeah, we haven't had any failures based on um, any dust or ingress into the electrical panel. So those kinds of applications and when, when they become a success are very satisfying professionally and personally. Yeah, how did that go with um, with the uh, uh, moisture? Oh, was there any issues with condensation or anything like that? I suppose it's very dry, a dry climate. It's dry up there. Yeah, yeah. it so is dry, and you're right. You, if because of the volume of air going into that electrical panel, you, you're not actually getting the panel down below dew point. Oh yeah. So it's actually going to condensate. So yeah, we did have uh, those thoughts as well, and that took a little bit of engineering as well to think about. And a damn good question, actually. Because uh, that was one of the one of the things our engineering team actually discussed with us. So, yeah, we worked a few of those things out, and um, yeah, it's worked out really well. Yeah, it was quite interesting because um, you know when we were actually looking at the specifications for this job, the spec was you know I mean there were engineers involved, but it was quite an unknown um, as to what was actually going, going to happen here and what they needed. And uh, um, I still remember I think on the weekend. Jamie was out and he ran into a fridgy that he'd known for like years and um, you know just chatting to the guy and he goes oh man where have you been what have you been doing and he goes oh man I've been working up in Roy Hill and Jamie went oh man you know like we're just actually looking at a project up there to supply package units and he kind of just said something to Jamie that just made us think a little bit more he goes best lightning storms ever mate absolutely yeah. best why is that he goes mate there's so much iron dust in the air that as you get a storm, the sky just totally lights up. And, you know, we're talking about this the next day in the office going, that means our, our units are going to light up because <laughs> you don't realize how much of this dust was in the air. And that's when we really started. And it was, look, it was the timing was perfect because we were just starting to come into um, that plug fan, supply plug fan era where, you know, we were starting to look at plug fans instead of regular forward curve fans. And 
it worked really well because a plug fan would pressurize the supply air chamber. So it was quite easy to run um, conditioned air into the electrical compartment and then just, you know, so we had two benefits. One was no dust getting in there, but also kept all the electrics nice and cool. And to date, they still, they love them. Absolutely love them. Um, they just don't have any problems at all. It's yeah. good that you can, um, you're, you're essentially customising your units to, for the uh, application, aren't you? Correct. You know, we, we did a job in a place called Hay Point, um, uh, and that's a coal, um, uh, uh, you know, uh, sorry, it's a... It's a conveyor belt. Yeah, that's right. What, what it is, is um, it's a coal mine, but um, they've got like about a kilometre off conveyor that goes out to sea for where the, um, the ships are, are loaded with coal. And... You know, along this belt, they needed to have all these switch rooms. Um, and um, so literally the, the air conditioners were going to sit, you know, 30, 40 metres above breaking waves, you know, in the middle of the ocean. And um, so they just came to us and goes, what can you do? And um, we built 316 stainless package units for them. Wow. Um, uh, you know, and in interestingly enough, that's all it was. We used our regular coils, which is epoxy coated and stuff like that. And again... We got some photos sent to us, and that job's ten, eight years, eight years ago now. And there's not a scary cop. I mean, look, they've got a good maintenance program on site. They wash down the units regularly with fresh water and stuff like that. But yeah, not not a not a not a bit of rust on them. Uh, they're still running perfectly well. Amazing. That's great. Yeah. And what about great stainless steel as well? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In terms of servicing, uh, Ryan and Jamie, did. Like if there is an issue with a unit, if they've come across that, do they do their own uh, warranty servicing out in those sites, or do you do you have someone who flies in, flies out scenario? Or generally, uh, generally they do their own servicing, or they they use a, a local contractor and stuff like that. And um, depending on the type of product, depends on um, what sort of quality a technician, I guess they get out there. Um, these days, with Tempozone product, for example. Um, you've got all very, very good uh, tools that you can actually plug in and actually figure out what's going on with the system without even using gauges, for example. Uh, with the Hitachi side of the products, they've got a really good uh, fault code um, system where you can actually find out what's going on with the fault code and then uh, contact our tech support lines or even get online with them and actually figure out what's going on and make a determination. So probably in the last eight years at level of tech support um, because of Hitachi, uh, but also where, you know, modern technology and what's going on. Um, the skill set we've needed to uh, be able to provide support to our customers, that's increased dramatically as well. And, and, and our tech support, I, I'd, I'd be hard pressed to uh, say too, too much negative about them. They're generally right on the money, you know? Yeah. With, the, um, with Johnson Controls, do they cross over between Hitachi and and uh, Well, as I said earlier, the um, uh, you know we, we do um, uh, use some of their you know compressors and we have, um, but really um, probably not not a huge amount. Um, yeah. uh, we, we might see more of that, um, uh, uh, but but yeah, you know, as I said, it's two completely different products. Yeah. Having interestingly enough, I just we're about to release a completely new range of. Uh, Tempozone package split units in in R32 refrigerant because again you know we, we we've always been trying to stay ahead of the you know everyone else with with new introducing new refrigerants and so on and Hitachi and Tempozone are working together to be able to incorporate uh, like a central controller for example so you might have a large shopping center it would probably have some package units um, but then you know you probably have some cassettes and wall splits and there could be other you know little shops and so on with Hitachi ducteds and um, they're working together to try and um, incorporate all the, you know, all that so you can control the entire job from one controller because no one can offer that at the moment. Yeah, yeah like a um, building-based BMS system, but specifically for Hitachi and Tempozone products. So uh, that, one of the other things that's actually been really good about the amalgamation of uh, Johnson Controls and Hitachi is that trying to get information fed back about you know, as you, as you guys know, that with every every product and that there are certain limitations that you've got to contend with, and and getting the information back now and getting uh, JCH to respond to us in a much more timely manner, and getting 
you know, newer products developed with better controls, that's starting to become really easy, whereas before the process was a little bit more difficult. So um, that's that's been a really, really big benefit. And they're, they're, there's a lot of the stuff they're doing here, um, they're starting to see overseas. Like we, a few years ago, we developed a VRF program um, before uh, the amalgamation and it was a really, really good, it was an Australian based VRF program for Hitachi products. And they did throw that out internationally. Now they've, they've brought in another one since then, but they've taken a lot of that information that we've provided them with and used that in the new program. So yeah, it's it's been very interesting in that respect as well. Hey guys, just a heads up. As you know, Brad and I don't normally refer to our own business. However, uh, being in the podcast, we felt it might be a good opportunity to put the feelers out there as we're looking to expand our business. Um, we're looking for an experienced Bridgie who's enthusiastic, passionate about the trade, and have exceptional diagnostic skills and workmanship. So if you reckon you tick the boxes and looking for an opportunity, we'd love to, for you to get in touch with us. Just go to the show notes of this episode, episode 21, and you'll find our email address uh, to contact us at the bottom. Thanks, guys. Now let's get on with the show. Just in terms of, um, and we've talked about this off air, but um, it seems like you guys are doing pretty well in terms of your tenders for uh, your shopping centres and, as you said, the mines and things. Just take us through that that tender process and what, what, what do you think you win so many of those, uh, those tenders? I actually think it's um, it's a bit hard to say because you know look without saying we're good at what we do we're very experienced. Um, Ryan's been at Temperzone for thirty three years. Um, he started at Temperzone when he was forty seven. No, I often say that. <laughs> that's not true because I actually say that my mum actually worked on the production line, and that. Yeah, that's how the 32 years comes along. So, <laughs> <laughs> no, look, it, uh, I think it really does come down to experience. Um, I'm a refrigeration mechanic by trade. Um, this is all I know. Um, I've got 15 years with Temperzone. Ryan's got 33. We've also got got other other people within our office who have been trained by Ryan uh, predominantly about how we go about things. On top of everything else we communicate very well. So we just don't throw a job out and say, there you go, there's your price and move on. We talk about the job, we try and understand the job and we try to understand who's quoting it, what the application is and how, how, how we're gonna put it out to market. And I think that's probably really the secret to our success. And like with any business, it's the communication and the culture that we've got in our office. Yeah. And you know, one of the things that we, we do pretty well in this office is we've got a very good support team. Like we've got, you know, um, Adrian Burden, uh, who does, who's a role is internal sales and Adrian, um, you know, really is that, you know, does a lot of the, 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 the grind work. For example, um, uh, we've just done the um, uh, supply, all um, uh, Chillwater fan calls to the, uh, the new casino that they're building on North Terrace, which I think should be open in another couple of few months. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that, that process has been, you know, it, it took probably over two years before we actually ended up getting an order. But, um, uh, you know, we, we worked very, very closely with the consulting engineers right from the very start where, you know, the, the, the job was just on, on paper. It was just a drawing and, you know, just helping them with, you know, doing all their pre-selections. And you would not believe how much change goes on. It, it, it just a lot of change after the other. And um, uh, you know we we you know we support the the consultants extremely well, and you know we look we we pride ourselves on getting back to people very quickly, um, uh, you know because everyone's working under pressure, and you know they're, they're just you know in that world that those guys live in it's deadline after deadline, and and we make sure we meet that. Um, so yeah, I guess you know we got a great relationship with the consultants, and then even when the job went um, uh, to the contractor, just the amount of work. Um, uh, that people like Adrian and you know even Josh at the delivery points and so on, you know it, it was it was it, it takes uh, quite a bit to get a large job like that. I'm not sure how many units fan calls was there on that about 400 odd or something like that. I think yeah, about 400 fan calls in every room, and then you know just all the large air handlers that went in and so on. There was a, and it was all customized. A lot of it was specialized stuff and. There was a hell of a lot that went on to, to actually deliver it on time and you know in a in a in a in a, in a proper way, floor by floor and stuff like that. So um, yeah, I think it's 
yeah, we, we talk, talk about this a lot in our office. It's just, you know, you, you can't beat good service. And, um, uh, you know, we, we do. We take it personally. So um, uh, I, th I think that, that does go a long way. Um, are, they, to where we, are they mostly bulkhead units in there, right? The majority was bulkhead units. Yeah. Uh, but then you've got all your gaming areas and stuff like that. So uh, off the top of my head, I think there was two or 300 rooms, which were all the bulkhead units. Yeah. Um, there was some air handling units and some fan core units for different open large areas, um, you know, smaller specific areas and stuff like that. So, yeah, it's a, it's a pretty amazing job, that one. And um, if, if we were to take, Ryan and I were to take any credit for actually getting that job across the line, it'd be, it'd be really remiss of us. I think Adrian was the guy that just worked and absolutely worked like a Trojan and got that done. His level Aww. of detail is just exceptional. So... I don't give him too many compliments, but he can have one today. <laughs> I was going to say, you don't, have to, you don't have to say this guy here, Paul. <laughs> you don't have to say that. He's not listening. <laughs> <laughs> he is, actually. <laughs> <laughs> if he's not listening now, he will be. <laughs> 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 but yeah, now we um we, we do we do spend a, a, a lot of time just you know detail even our quotes. You know, I think we've actually got our customers to a point where they know if they're going to quote from us, you know, it is to specification. And if it's not, it's very detailed in this is where we don't meet the spec, this is where we do. And if we give you an alternative, we'll spell that out. And and we need someone with Adrian's anality <laughs> because he is <laughs> about, you know, getting detail right. But you need to, um, you know, that in that tender market. Yeah, for sure. Actually, uh, I was talking to Todd Hicks in our office this morning and Todd made a little comment that resonated. He said it takes so long to build up a relationship with the customer and he goes, but you can undo all that good work in 10 minutes. Absolutely. So, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And it can be an expensive mistake. Absolutely, yes, it can. Yeah. So yeah. I can leave Ryan in his office and we take care of all the day-to-day -day running. <laughs> Um, shall we shall we go back to the Hitachi side of things now and maybe uh, have yeah. a chat about the um, your new uh, highball range? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Jamie, you can you can uh, tell us a little bit about frost wash and how it works and some of the options we've got and so on. Go for it, mate. Sure, no worries at all. Um, look, we we've, we've recently released uh, a range of highball splits in R32, and we have two series. One's called the E series, which is sort of our, our base series, which meets maps. Good quality units, just a nice, simple, straightforward. If somebody wants a, a, a nice, nice, straightforward high wall split, doesn't want to pay the earth, uh, there it is. We also have what we call the S series, which is more of a premium series. And, and some of the features that S series has is uh, it's got a motion sensor on it. Um, it's got what's called frost wash. Uh, it's got uh, nano titanium filters. And you're probably sitting there, a lot of your viewers are probably going, frost wash, what's that? Well, frost wash basically. It's, uh, for want of a better word, it's a coil cleaning system, an indoor coil cleaning system. And what happens is that for every 42 hours of running, it actually um, frosts up the indoor coil and lifts all the particles of dirt off of it and then uh, defrosts it very quickly. Um, you guys have actually seen it in operation and yeah. uh, you first hear about it, you think, oh, geez, is it going to block up drains? Is it going to do this? Is it going to do that? But it doesn't actually dump a lot of water into the drain, but the secret is by starting off with a very clean coil from you, frost washing continually, and your heat exchange is gonna be clean for years to come, which provides much better efficiency. So it's probably our flagship model with our high wall splits at the moment. And um, yeah, you know, we're very proud of it and um, we, we, we push it quite heavily. Mm. It's a lot of benefits too. I mean, um, uh, you know, we we're sort of living in a you know in a world now where, you know, uh, clean, healthy air is, is is important to people. We are more aware of um, you know um, our environment and um, you know germs and, and and all sorts of stuff. And you know, so this this unit, um, you know, the filtration is you know it's got what they call a nano titanium filters. Um, there's things like wasabi a wasabi filter, which Believe it or not, is is the wasabi that you know you you do have when you um, when you go and have a little bit of sushi or sashimi, and um, uh, you know, but it does have um, uh, you know the qualities of um, you know it it it, it does kill um, you know a, a great portion of bacteria. Um, uh, it's also an, uh, you know um, uh, gets rid of odors and allergies and stuff like that as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, you know, so uh, overall as a package, 
it's a, it's a, it's a terrific machine um, uh, to have uh, from purely the fact that you've got this great filtration. Then on top of that, you've got a self-cleaning coil that just, it's an automatic cleaning system. So you don't have to initiate the, you know, the, the cleaning. Um, so the coil is always clean and all you have to do is just, you know, go run your filter through a, a regular clean on a, you know, um, every three to six months or whatever you might do with a high wall. And, um, you know, overall, you're in an environment of, you know, of, of good, clean, healthy air. So, um, and, and we're finding, you know, that, that customers are understanding the importance of that. And, you know, we think, you know, aged care and, um, you know, but generally when in your bedroom and stuff like that, it's probably not a bad thing to have. You know, I mean, we've had, Jamie has told us a couple of people he knows where, you know, um, they have allergies to a pollen and so on. And um, they've actually put one of these in their bedroom and they actually have said that I actually sleep better, you know. So, um, you know, there's, there's some great benefits. And then, of course, you know, premium controllers. And, and I guess the other thing that um, we've released recently is a, a Wi-Fi um, uh, a feature for our high walls. Um, uh, uh, it's, we call it AirCloud Home, and um, uh, you know it's a it's a little um, uh, Wi-Fi dongle that um, you know sits in the unit, um, uh, but it's just got some great features. Um, uh, you know, Jamie, did you want to run through some of the stuff that he does? Um, I guess one of the best things is is um, with the Wi-Fi. Firstly, it's very cost-effective. Um, so for, for the for the money uh, you're paying uh, for a little Wi-Fi dongle, you get so many features. And I guess one of the best ways for the viewers out there who are probably curious about Wi-Fi is that the best example I can give, say in South Australia, it's a 40, 40 plus degree day and um, you don't run your air conditioner all day because you're at work, um, you can actually get on with your smartphone and actually start your air conditioner maybe when you're leaving work in the afternoon and by the time you get home, your house is cool and uh, obviously that's got some great energy benefits to it. So. The, probably the other good thing about the um, Hitachi AirCloud Home Wi-Fi system is it can actually control up to 10 separate air conditioners off of the one um, uh, at, on your phone. So you might say, for example, five air conditioners, five um, high-wall splits in your house. You can actually control each one of those from the one app. You can also limit other people's ability to change certain parameters on it and whatnot. So. It's got some fantastic features alone, and once again, value for money. I just can't see anything better on the market at this point. Yeah, is it um, is it able to do voice control? Yeah, yeah. So uh, we've also when we when we developed it, we actually got it paired so it can actually work with um, Amazon Google, Alexa, Google Home, and Alexa. Yeah, yeah Amazon. Yeah, once again. Yeah. I, so. Um, there's even some uh, training uh, on the app where it can actually tell you the right way to speak to to those two um, voice control systems and get get maximise what you're getting out of it. So speak specifically and get a very good return on what you're asking. Yeah. And one of the key things is you, know, you start talking Wi-Fi and you know everybody has all sorts of trouble pairing devices and stuff like that. And um, what Hitachi have done is they've actually made the the pairing really simple with a QR code that you will just simply scan off your phone or your, um, uh, or your um, you know, uh, iPad or whatever it might be. And it, it literally recognizes um, uh, you know, the, the machine and, um, and pairs it up automatically for you. So it just takes away that entering you know, passwords and all of that sort of stuff in as yeah. well. They've made it as simple as they possibly could. I think that's great for the, uh, the, you know, the installing tech. You know, we're, uh, we're, we're not bad fridges, but we're not IT people. <laughs> No, no, that's why we have kids, mate, in high school. Or exactly. In school, they show us how to use it. Exactly right. Exactly right. Exactly. No, that's good. Not, not little good. Johnny home here. Yeah, I need my yeah. my my, uh, my computer fixed. You know. Oh, okay. <laughs> exactly. And and guys, talk to us about your um your, your dealers versus your trade account, that sort of stuff. The, the majority of our uh, listeners are um, uh, HVAC techs and business owners. Um, do they, how do they go about buying your product? I mean, look, generally, you know, our, our model is to set up a strong um, uh, dealer network, um, uh, you know, and uh, it's, you know, again, it comes back to Temper Zone's, um, you know, um, uh, culture and history and, you know, where we sit as well, where, you know, we, we, we understand that air conditioners should really be installed by, 
you know, qualified people. And, you know, so um, we're, you know, our model is to try and create a good, strong dealer network. So, you know, um, for example, we've got terrific, um, um, uh, you know, we've got a great website, hitachiaircon.com. And, um, uh, you know, you, you just go on there and we've got dealer finders, for example, you know, so you can just click on there and um, put in your postcode and it'll give you whoever's the distributor or um, the seller there. But obviously, you know, for, for people that are looking, you know, who are, who've got, you know, um, uh, distributorships or a showroom or something like that set up, we're always open to talking to people. But, you know, we are very careful about not, you know, having the product available to absolutely everyone uh, because we're, we're trying to trying to stay loyal to our um, uh, to our dealer network and our and our clients and and and, and it's a pretty much a slow burn. Um, uh, you know, we, we don't sell our product in retail, by the way. So you, you won't get it from your from your retailers. Um, uh, you 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 will have to go to a, a Hitachi dealer or a Hitachi distributor, which is all accessible on our um, uh, through the website. Yeah, that's good. That's very noble. Yeah. Yeah, and, and so what, what do you, what, how do you guys see yourself positioned in the market and in terms of uh, price? And I think personally, in terms of feedback there. Yeah, not sure what that is. That's sorry. Right. Sorry. So, sorry, guys. In terms of price, so you, how do you, where do you see yourself sitting in the market? Did you want to answer that? Yeah. Yeah. I think. Um, it's it's a, it's a bit of a double-edged sword question. I'll, I'll I'll answer it that way. But to start with, because I think price comes back to demand, and depending on what we're doing and everything like that, we we you know we we know that you know in certain products there's great demand, but there's there's a saturation point of products out there. So I think from those products, we're certainly very well priced. For example, you know one of our strengths is our um, is our high wall splits. Um, you know, we are very, very competitive on that and, and our ductets, for example, and, and potentially even our cassettes, you know, we're, mm. we're quite um, strong in that. For the price you're paying and the quality you're getting, I think it's, it's certainly a good deal. It, it really is one of the best value um, uh, products on the market because it, it, is a, it is a strong Japanese brand and everything within that machine, every Hitachi machine is built by Hitachi. So, you know, the, you, you've got a, as I said to you earlier, you've got a Hitachi compressor in every single unit. Um, and, uh, you know, so when you look at the price point, it really, you know, is, um, you know, it's uh, from a price point of view, it's, it's, it's kind of positioned almost in the middle of the market, but from a quality product, it's right up there with the best that, mm -hmm. that's um, for the customer to buy. So it represents excellent value. And that was recognized by Choice Magazine um, when uh, when they tested, um, uh, you know, uh, uh, the uh, I think it was a five the RAS fifty, which is our S series model. Uh, Choice tested it, and you know, uh, it it was it finished about twenty points better than the next, um, uh, you know, the the the, the, the 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 unit that came second. And a lot of that was also the fact that it had great efficiency, very good quality, and great performance. But then when they looked at the price that you paid for that unit you just couldn't beat it, uh, you know. So from a value for money, I, I just don't think there is anything out there that, that can beat it at this point, um, uh, you know. And, uh, you know, I've, I've been to the Malaysia factory a few times, which is where some of the high walls come from. And um, I was really surprised that absolutely every outdoor unit that Hitachi built in that factory and the other factories as well is fully run tested. So, you know, the, the unit sits on a conveyor and it's hooked up to a, uh, to a fan call unit, a couple of dip switches, you know, um, adjusted for whatever model that is, runs on, it's tested, recorded, turns the corner, switch back onto heating and runs out. And if it then passes, um, uh, that's when it's packed and ready to go. So I, I don't know if everybody else does that, but I can tell you, I've seen it for myself. It's, um, it's quite remarkable that absolutely every unit is run tested. Yeah, yeah. I have to say, from my experience, I've put in um, Hitachi ducteds like 20 years ago and never, ever had an issue with it. Never. Yes. We, so they're pretty bulletproof. walking here a little while ago and uh, just been up in Roxby. And um, uh, apparently, well, I just uh, did realise I was sent up there to have a look at replacing a heap of Hitachis that's in all these houses up there or in the mining camp or something like that. And there were over 25 years old, he said to me, and he goes, we're not changing them, mate. <laughs> Still working. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, but, I think you know, we, yeah, we would agree that um, they're very much value for money for yeah, what you're getting. Yeah. It's, uh, it's exceptional value. So, uh, sure. yeah. Um, guys, what excites you about the industry? What do you th where can you see things heading? Go yeah, I'll let you go. I'll, let you go. No, I'll tell you what excites me is is probably just seeing the change in efficiencies. Uh, if if you were to sit there and reflect on what what sort of products we were dealing with um, 10, 15, probably fifteen years ago, as opposed to now and the level of technology that's come through, um, it, it's pretty impressive. I mean, there's a lot of people, a lot of very smart, intelligent people that have done some amazing things in the background to produce the products we get today. And, and I guess the best way I can liken that is um, with a Tempozone unit from 15 years ago, um, everything was mechanical. There was no, no PC boards in it. Um, you know, any refrigeration mechanic could come up to it and um, who was worth his salt, uh, could pinpoint what was going on from an electrical or refrigeration prospect. All he needed was, you know, a set of gauges and tools and a multimeter. Days to go and find out what's going on with a temper zone unit. You get a little Wi-Fi service tool. You plug it into the unit. You actually then pair it up with your phone, and you sit there, and it actually tells you everything that's going on: the fault history, the the, the suction pressures, the discharge pressures, the saturated suction temperature, all the information you need. And if you still can't figure it out from there, you get on the phone to our tech line, and you go, "Okay, well I've got this, this, and this," and they can actually help you pinpoint what's going on. So. That increase of technology, I think, from a, from a world where whether you believe in uh, global warming or not, I think we all need to be more efficient about how we go about things is, is a really good aspect. Mm. And, and further to what Jamie said, you know, um, you know we've, we've recently introduced um, uh, you know, some of our larger commercial package units where you know, we, we, we literally put in a, a module in the unit that can be remotely logged into. So our engineers, for example, you know, can actually log into a unit and if there's a software update or something like that, they can actually put that in or you know, if the client, and, and we're talking, these are fairly highly specialized pieces of equipment where, you know, if, if the client, client needs some tweaking and so on done, it actually can be done remotely by engineers, um, uh, which, which, is, which is quite, you know, you, 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 Brad, you're a, you're a tech, you know, uh, would you have ever thought you'd see the uh, day where you didn't need gauges onto a site? And it's only going to get more and more as we as we go you know, further into the future. I think, you know, it's it's going to happen in in domestic and residential as well. Yes, yes. Uh, I'll give you a really good example. We only saw this yesterday. Um, we have two very large units. So one's a two hundred kilowatt and one's a hundred and forty kilowatt, and um, they're a little bit more specialised than your standard package unit. So what they do is they actually um, control the air via temperature, but also humidity. Um, so we put one at a place called MacArthur River Mine, and uh, it was actually stripping a lot of moisture out of the air. But when you strip moisture out of the air, you've generally got a very cold core. You've then got to actually be able to raise that temperature up again so uh, to, to make sure the conditions within the space are satisfactory. So we've got a system that does that. Um, our engineer in Sydney, um, now MacArthur River Mines about a few hundred k's west of Darwin or no, west, east of Darwin, somewhere like that, um, very remote. We put in a remote monitoring system on this and we were finding that we were looking at all of our temperature curves in Sydney and humidity curves and it was fluctuating massively. Um, so we were able to fine tune it a little bit with the help of a refrigeration mechanic on site and we flattened off the temperature and the humidity curves and figured out what was going on. And we'd never ever be able to do that um, without that kind of remote monitoring. So we, we only actually saw that yesterday. And I, I've got to be honest, my jaw dropped. I was just like, wow, this, this is where it's heading. Yeah, so awesome. we're going to be getting rid of Ryan and myself. We're going to be working for Jax. <laughs> Not that there's anything and wrong with Jamie, that. Jamie, and Jamie rates himself as seven out of eight. So you imagine him just going. I mean, that'll be the end of it all, mate. You know, yeah, we're done. <laughs> what do you like at flipping burgers? <laughs> <laughs> mate, he, he used to eat a lot of them, but tell you what, he's suddenly given up the burgers, that's for sure. You know? <laughs> oh, guys, we're just about ready. But yeah, te technology, about... technology is where the industry is going. Yeah, definitely, yeah. We are just about out of time, but before we do that, we're going to have, head into the next round, boys. So uh, if it's... you're up for the next segment, yes? I'll take it as yes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you.
All right, so here we are. Keep it cool in the hot seat, boys. And uh, this is where, for those playing at home, we ask a series of short questions and uh, your shortest answer would be appreciated. Are we ready to roll? Oh, yeah. Good. Brad, would you start the clock, please? You're not starting the clock now. Okay, Ryan, we'll start with you. If you were to write an autobiography, what would the title be? Oh, my. <laughs> Lost. <laughs> nice. Jamie, if you could be a superhero, who would that be? Wonder Woman. <laughs> That's you, <he's> hot. <laughs> I can see the similarity. <laughs> how, how much weight did you lose after all that? Um, if, you, if a song could be described, oh, sorry, if a song could describe your worth ethic, Ryan, what song would that be? Is there a song called Lost in Space? <laughs> Lost in <laughs> There's a lot there of space cadets. Yeah, I didn't see that. Um, space cadet. <laughs> uh, Jamie, if you were a brand, what would the motto be? No frills. <laughs> Jamie, if you could sit with one celebrity or, or, or famous person for a chat, who would that be? Me. Sorry, Ryan. Ryan. <laughs> right. Let's go. Oh, Look, sadly he's not around, but Robin Williams. Yeah, oh, I can Robin Williams, every day. He would day. be my, one of my yeah, number awesome. one choice as well. Yes. Um, Jamie, when, when you go on a holiday, what's the first thing that you pack? My guns. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> that, that was a really weird laugh. <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear. Um, Ryan, if uh, Hollywood made a movie about your life, uh, what, uh, who would you want to play the lead role? Um, uh, Michael Douglas. Very nice. I can see the similarity. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie, if you had... I, I wasn't going to say Will Smith, I mean... That's all. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> Will Smith then. <laughs> Oh, you're a bad man. Oh, dear. Okay, uh, Jamie, if you had to choose one meal for the rest of your life, what would that be? Laksa. Laksa, okay. Uh, Ryan, using, using a scale of one to ten, please rate yourself on your weirdness. Oh, three. <laughs> three? Jamie? <laughs> I weird. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie, you can have your say. Eleven. <laughs> that, that, that should have been Ryan. Can you rate Jamie? Jamie, rate Ryan. That would have been. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You can actually verify this, but I'll be putting his personal information out there, which I won't do. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, uh, who are we up to, Ryan? No. Jamie. Um, tell me a joke. Come on, Jamie. It's not offensive. <laughs> no, that's it's offensive. That's a nice one. It's got to be a one-word joke, bro. Right? <laughs> yeah, maybe. It can be a dad joke. Give us a dad joke, Jamie. Oh, man. <laughs> hey, okay. He's sweating. I love it. I am. Right. I'm stressed. Okay, I'll, I'll let you off the hook. Describe yourself in three words. Brash. Um. <laughs> Emotional. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're going to pass. We'll partner. Right. Arrogant. <laughs> we're moving oh. on. Right. If you had a time machine, where's the first place you would go? Studio 54. <laughs> I love how you answer each other's. This I'm sorry, but that is exactly where I would go. <laughs> I was going to say Lost in Space. Love a boogie. Love yeah. a boogie, mate. Every time. Absolutely. In New York, I'll be there. Absolutely. Jamie, <laughs> uh, name one thing everyone looks weird doing. Picking their nose. <laughs> 
Well, Ryan does. <laughs> he said he likes a little boogie, didn't he? <laughs> That's not weird. Uh, Ryan. I only pick his nose when it's review time. <laughs> Ryan, your favourite swear word? FFS. For fuck's sake. <laughs> That's a good one. Love it. Jamie he uses it a lot on email. <laughs> Jamie, the final uh, question that your porn star mm. Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. That's, <laughs> that's probably a female porn star. <laughs> Dirk Diggler? <laughs> hey, staying with Chidler 54. Very nice. Oh, bloody hell. Oh, I'm right. sweating after that. Oh. <laughs> that was heavy. You took us to places we didn't want to go. <laughs> oh, very nice. behaviour too. Yeah, no, that's no, right. No, no. Exactly oh, right. All right. Oh, right, what a roller coaster. We well, go. guys, we, Brad and I just want to say thank you very much for coming on the show today. Yeah. Um, we value your time and uh, your expertise. And it's good to hear about Hitachi and Tempazone and all the good things they're doing. So if uh, listeners want to find you guys, where do they find you? Oh, mate, um, uh, prop, well, I, I guess um, uh, our, our websites, you know, um, uh, uh, you know, com and hitachiaircom.com uh, as well. So all our contact details and everything else is on there. So uh, absolutely, yeah, just, just uh, com is the best place. That's that's during working hours. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Zero four. <laughs> <laughs> so, do you, are you guys on socials or anything like that? Sorry, are you guys on the social media or anything like that? Well, LinkedIn, yeah. On LinkedIn, yeah. Okay. I try to keep it professional, right? I mean, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I've got his grinder address. You can have it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, uh, I think I'll have to put your name in the show notes and do it so they can do a copy and paste. <laughs> Because I'll, I'll never find you. <laughs> no, you wouldn't, no. <laughs> All right, well, guys, I just want to say thanks again. And uh, for the listeners' sake, um, if you want to get in touch with us, airconditioningpodcast.com, all the social sites. Can leave us a review. Please leave us a review. Again, we keep saying it, but it does help with our findability on the charts. Yeah. We are starting to get found. And you can subscribe. Subs yes, subscribe. You subscribe can. would be good. Yeah, you can. All right, well, until the next episode, Brad. Hooroo. Catch you later, guys. <laughs> That's all for this episode of the Air Conditioning Podcast. Be sure to stop by at airconditioningpodcast.com to connect with us, as well as on Facebook and Twitter, and join in the conversation. Until next time, stay tuned, stay positive, and stay cool.